0: Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul declared, I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. It's not until we learn that we cannot be made right with God by doing good and by obeying God's law that we can really come into spiritual life. None of us can obey God's word perfectly, hence we cannot receive life by the law. In reality, the law shows us our spiritually dead condition and our need of a Savior. Let's open our Bible now to Romans chapter 7 and study this principle of death in the law and life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It's a Tuesday morning here in Texas and uh, I say it every time now, I know that hopefully all are spending time with Jesus, growing to know Jesus, growing to experience jesus and and, and frankly growing uh, to obey him, growing to please him. Um, our lives are about having a lifestyle, a loving lifestyle of wanting to increasingly please Jesus Christ our Lord, if Jesus is our master, if he's our our Lord. We, we, we ought to have a, a desire to please him. I'm not talking about going to heaven. I'm not talking about being saved. Um, I'm talking about that as Christians, those of us who are, are trusting and relying on Jesus alone for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul. Uh, we ought to be living in a, in, a, in a way that's increasingly pleasing to Jesus And everything we think and everything we say and everything we do. Um, The more we understand really what Jesus has done for us, the more we understand the price that was paid for our sin, the more we understand, right, Nathan, the incredible love of our Heavenly Father in sending Jesus, um, the more we will want to live a lifestyle that's pleasing to God, our Father, to God the Son Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. So, thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, all right. Today, we're uh, the plan is to do pick up Romans seven and to do verses nine to thirteen, and then Lord willing, next time we'll we'll finish the chapter. Uh, Romans seven again, just a powerful chapter and just a powerful book in the Word of God, Father. We thank you for your Word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor your goodness, your grace. We thank you for your love in our lives, Father. We thank you for this Bible. We thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for the Holy Scriptures. Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we thank you for becoming a human man for us. We thank you for living a a perfect, righteous life on our behalf. We thank you for Dying a torturous death on our behalf and in our place. And we thank you that you're alive and risen today. And we worship you, our risen King, our risen Savior, our risen Master, our risen God. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. We do ask you to give us eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. Romans 7, um, we're going to pick up in, in verse 9. Verse 9, Paul says, Once I was alive, apart from the law, apart from law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life, and I died. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. For sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me, and through the commandment, Put me to death. So then, the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, righteous, and good. Verse 13 Did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. But in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it produced death in me through what was good, so that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. Wow. Okay. So again, um very 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 profound very very deep frankly hard to understand verses right i mean uh volumes of uh, rap have been written on on these on these verses on on this on this chapter on on Romans chapter 7 um and so paul is is dealing here right you remember we did we did verses 1 through 8 um, you know, and, and Paul was speaking on a, on a, on a similar theme, um, you know, uh, you remember in verse seven, Paul says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. Indeed, I would not have known what sin was except through the law. For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, do not covet. Verse eight, but sin seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment produced in me every kind of covetous desire, for apart from law, sin is dead, all right? And now we move into verse nine. Once I was alive, apart from law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. So this is a very difficult verse to understand for those of us who have a heart or a passion for theology um, to really grasp what Paul is saying here. Once I was alive, apart from law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life, and I died, and you remember, he just gave an example in coveting, right? For I would not have known verse seven what coveting really was if the law had not said, "Do not covet right uh you remember the Ten commandments, right? The commandment, "Do not covet, okay um and as you can see, you know coveting is is uh you know obviously it's an inward desire, it's a uh You know, it's an it's an envy or a desire for someone or something that's not yours and that you're not supposed to have. Right. Um, It's profound. And so Paul is making the point that he would not have ever known that to covet was wrong. Right, Becky. If if God had not given the law and the law had not instructed him in the fact that coveting is wrong. Right? That killing is wrong. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Right? Thou shalt not bear false witness. Um, you know, thou shalt not take uh, the Lord's name in vain. Right? He would not know that these things are wrong if the law hadn't said, right, to not do these things. Right? Um, and so now he comes into verse 9. In verse eight, he said, but sin seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment produced in me every kind of covetous desire. So uh, not only did he understand now that coveting was wrong, but the law did this amazing thing. It, it, it kind of spurred him on to want to make him break the law more. When Once we know the rules, once we know, you know what's right and what's wrong, and we can certainly see it in children, we see it in ourselves, it's like the law or the standard or the line in the sand. It just makes us want to step over it. It might have been last time when I said, you know, whatever the speed limit is, right? Um, you know, it. You know, there was a time I was in I was in Italy. And I don't know. It was like uh, ten years ago, and there was like an autobahn there, right? Um, we might have been driving to, uh, you know, to 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 Florence, right? Um, I believe Florence is where we saw the Statue of David. Um, It was incredible, right? Um, It was a while ago. Um, But there there was no speed limit. And I'm serious, when there was no speed limit, wherever we were there in Italy, um, uh, the, the urge to go fast for whatever crazy reason was a little bit less, all right? But I'm telling you, you put me on a road and you know, there's not a lot of cars and stuff, and the speed limit's 50. And man, the road is wide open, and it's just a well-paved road. Man, I want to go 60, right? And I just, you know, I just want to get where I'm going faster. And there's really, there's really no need for it. So you remember, Paul says, "But sin seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, once now I know the commandment, sin grabbed hold of it and produced in me every kind of covetous desire." So we have this this thing living in us, sin lives in us. It's obviously not a physical or material thing, it's, it's metaphysical, right? Um, and, it's, and it's sin, okay? We have a, a nature of sin, but in Christ, that sinful nature has been rendered powerless. We have a, a new man, a new woman, as we've been talking about, right? Um, we've been raised with Christ, we have a resurrection life, eternal life, and we're one with the Holy Spirit, and with the Holy Spirit, we have the power to live a life without sin. Now, none of us are going to be perfect, but before we came to Christ, right, Becky, we were compelled to sin. Uh, before we became Christians, Paul made clear in the last chapter, sin was our master. We were enslaved to sin, um, and we had to obey its desires. We could still do you know, good things. Non-Christians can still do good things by the common grace of God. But Paul goes through this just remarkable insights, right, in in chapter six. Um, And so Paul says in verse nine, once I was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. What does he mean once I was alive Apart from the law, when we come into this world, okay, we come into this world naturally alive, physically alive. We come out of our mother's womb physically alive, right? But we're spiritually dead. Our spirit is dead to God. And the reason for that is is we're born with a a sinful nature, right? Um, You remember in Psalm 51 when when, uh, King David said, surely I was sinful from my mother's womb right? Um, now, we don't, we don't act on that sin, but I, I gave the example, and I, as I've often used, of my two daughters, and certainly this is the case of all children everywhere all over the world, We're even at one year old, you know, you could, be, you could see the, the sinful nature in them. You could see uh, the desire for more. Um, you know, most of you have heard me, you know, tell the story where I bought them each the same toy. They're playing with it, and my daughter Lauren leaves hers aside goes, you know, waddling across the room, picks up Kristen's, brings it back to hers. Now she has two of the same toy. Kristen has none. Kristen's balling now because Lauren took her toy away. Lauren's happy as can be. She ain't worried about Kristen having none. Then naturally, when I go take Kristen's toy back from her or her mother does, and I give it back to Lauren so that now they have one each, Lauren's now balling because she don't have both. Why do they do that? Okay, no one ever taught them. Their mother and I never said, be disobedient to daddy, go be selfish and take your sister's toy. Cause you know what? That's what we really meant to do. We really meant to buy you too, sweetie. And your sister, none, that's how it should be. Right? So all of us now, now we know this. And again, people want to, people want to say children are innocent. The, the, the true biblical reality is no, no human being is innocent. Now, yes, of course, there's a difference when a child consciously sins, right, um, or when a person sins knowingly, okay? Obviously, babies don't know, right, what, what they're doing wrong, but it's still wrong, and the reason they do it without even knowing what they're doing is they have a nature of sin. Now, once they learn the rules, now a child's going to push that hammer even more, right? Going to push the line, right? Um <clears throat> So when Paul says, once I was alive apart from the law, you know, um, you know what's probable is that he's saying that, 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 that he thought that he had life. His understanding was that, you know, that, that, that he was alive and had life and had understanding um, before, he, before he understood the law. Once I was alive apart from the law, he didn't have spiritual life until he came to Christ, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. Okay. So what, 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 what is Paul saying? So, um, you know, once Paul understood the commandment, all right, then, then sin, as he just said, right, in verse eight, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of covetous desire um, and, and really showed him, you know, his, his death. He now has an understanding of, of spiritual death in the law. And you can see he's giving the purpose of all this, right? So it's a, it's a difficult scripture. Once I was alive, apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. Okay. So again, you don't get spiritual life um, by, by obeying the law. Okay. Um, we have a nature of sin. We come into this world spiritually dead. We come into this world needing. Life needing spiritual life okay um, you know there would be some who might take this to believe that you know we come into this world naturally alive and spiritually alive and that <clears throat> it's not until we act in a sinful way that we die spiritually, but that's not what the scripture teaches okay the scripture teaches that that we have a sinful nature that we receive it at, at conception from our father that nature causes us to be Conceived in spiritual death, we we have a spirit, but it's dead. It's corrupted with sin, that old spiritual person. And until we receive Jesus Christ, that spirit is driving us, and we're we're enslaved to it into sin. Right when we receive Jesus Christ, as we talked about in the last chapter, that old self, that old spirit, man or woman is crucified with Christ and we get a new self a new spiritual self we have new spiritual life right <clears throat> verse 10 i found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life <clears throat> actually brought death now this is incredible okay paul learned here i found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death the the commandments the 10 commandments and, and all of God's law in the Old Testament, all of God's law in the Torah, um, you know, the Ten Commandments, right, in in, in Exodus 20, um, if you could follow them perfectly, if you could obey the word of God perfectly, perfectly, in thought, word, and deed, Kristen, if you could, then you would have life by the law, okay? And, you know, but no human being can do that. Okay, there is only one. And that's the God man. When you received Jesus Christ, Corinne, as your Lord and Savior, that perfect, righteous life Jesus lived was credited to you as if you lived it as if you actually did. You didn't. But it was given to you, credited to you, and yes, you're viewed now by God, as am I, as we all are in Christ, by God the Father, as if we ourselves lived perfectly in every manner, in every way, in thought, word, and deed. That, that, that's incredible, right? It, it's overwhelming. And also at that time, all of our sin, past, present, and future, was credited to Jesus. So when Paul said, I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death, again, if you could do it all perfectly, May, it would bring life. But none of us can, so when we actually look at the law now, we see our sin, and we see the result of our sin, which is spiritual death, and we run to the cross. So I know it's deep, right? It's heavy, right? So again, the commandment, we can actually look at it and see we can't do it. We can't do all these things perfectly, We need a savior. Right. Verse 11 for sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment. Paul says it again. Verse 11 for sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me and through the commandment, put me to death. Okay. so again, when you know, the the law is an instrument that doesn't bring life. Right? We cannot be made right with God. We cannot have life. We cannot have eternal life. We can't be justified, um, which is meaning when we receive Christ, we're declared not guilty of sin and righteous before our Heavenly Father. We can't be justified. We can't even be sanctified by the law. Okay, Sanctification comes after we've been saved, after we've been justified, and it's the, it's the process that goes on in the believer's life for the rest of their lives after salvation where they grow in increasing holiness and Christ-likeness. Wow, right? But law can't do any of that, okay? Um, Even that we're done in in the new way of the spirit, right? As Paul said earlier, um, we we walk with God. I believe it was what? Verse four. um, Verse four, chapter seven. So my brothers, you also died to the law through the body of Christ that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might be in order that we might bear fruit to God. Verse six, but now by dying to what once bound us, the law, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the spirit, not in the old way of the written code. That's uh, Romans chapter seven, same chapter. uh, We did it last time, verses four and six, right? Verse 11, for sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment deceived me and through the commandment put me to death. So we can see how just... Uh, again, do you see the profundity of this, Lauren, right? Just making sense, Wendy? Um, Again, they're very difficult verses, but this is what we do, man. You see why Bible study is exciting, right? I mean, some of you may be listening and saying, yeah, I don't know how exciting this is, but as you keep digging it up, digging it up, digging it up and studying and study it. And as I prepare for this, I study it. And then I go and look at what you know, other scholars have said right, um, and just uh, you know, in, in different places, and I and I learn, and I want to see if it adds up to you know what I'm saying, and you know, um, so when you study it, right, and and I come to a, an interpretation, right, you want to make sure you're not just you know crazy, right? There are there are incredible men of God that have studied the scriptures, um, and so I'll consult various different sources to get their insights on the scripture and then you know, try to, try to present to you, you know, the insights. Um, for sin seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment. Listen to those words. Once you understood the commandment, once you understood what was wrong, the sin in you rose up. That sinful nature drove you and deceived you, and through the commandment put you to death. You, you came to understand your spiritual death. You came to understand that the law did not bring spiritual life, That can only happen in receiving Christ. It was the law that actually brought death. But he wants to say then, in verse 12, So then, the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, righteous, and good. So why is he saying that? Because look at the language, right? Since seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me, and through the commandment put me to death. Well, since, since the commandment put me to death, since the commandment couldn't bring life, then the law must be sin. Paul says, no, no, no. Um, Verse seven, you remember in verse seven, he says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? That's just, you know, five verses earlier. And now in verse 12, he he says, and you know, he says, certainly not. That's in verse seven. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. Indeed, I would not have known what sin was except through the law, right? Now, then he goes through all and, and breaks down how it all occurred, as we've been talking about, then in verse 11, so then the law is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous, and good. It's still good. Without law, civilization would be in utter chaos, right, Alicia? If we did not have law and rules, um, if the Lord had not given us law and I'm not. I'm not talking about necessarily the Ten Commandments here. I'm just talking about the invention of law for civilization. Right? In order, um, you know, uh, the world would be another chaos. There would be no world. Uh, we would utterly destroy ourselves. Right? We 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 would. There there would be <laughs> there'd be nothing. Right? Try to think of a world with no law. So law is a good thing. Right. Verse 12. So then the law is holy. Now, Paul is talking about the Ten Commandments here and God's overall all law. Right. Um, So then the law is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous and good. Okay. It's not it's not that the law is the problem. I'm the problem. Okay. I'm a sinful being. And when I see a a law, boy, I just want to break it because I want my own way. I'm selfish. I'm self-serving. That's what Paul is saying here. So y'all seeing this again, I know sometimes these verses can be weighty or they may not be as interesting, but man, it's as we get this understanding uh, more deeply, uh, just, just rooted in us, right, Corinne? We will, uh, you know, we will live a more, uh, a more Christ-centered life. We will live a more holy life in Christ, Verse 12, so then the law is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous, and good. Verse 13, did that which is good then become death to me by no means? Okay, Paul says, he just said in verse 12, so then the law is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous, and good, right, Pop? So in verse 13, did that which is good then become death to me by no means? But in order that sin might be recognized as sin, All right. In order that you might actually recognize sin for what it is, but in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it produced death in me through what was good. Okay, so it wasn't the law that killed you. Okay, Um, the law brought death. It didn't kill you. It was it was sin. That brought death, right? You remember, you remember the, uh, the last verse of, uh, of chapter six, right? Um, verse 23, chapter six. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So again, it's not the law that killed me. The law was used and sin used it to deceive me and drive this desire, this covetous desire. And that's just that one command. We, we break them all. Right. For those of people who say, well, you know, that, that commandment, thou shall not kill, thou shall not murder. I never did that. Um, then you turn over to the New Testament and Jesus said, you know, if you, you know, if you have you have anger against your brother in your heart, you've committed murder against it. What? You know, people will say, well, the commandment, thou shall not commit adultery. And then you turn and someone will say, well, I've never committed adultery. Then you turn over to the New Testament and Jesus said, if you look at a woman or a man, I mean, he says woman, but he means man or woman. Um, if you look at a woman lustfully in your heart, you've already committed adultery against her. Whoa, golly um, you know, so it's uh you know, thou shalt not take the lord's name in vain. Um, all of us have broken the commandments if if certainly not literally right we've certainly broken the spirit of the commandment or the heart of the commandment right you've heard of the letter of the law and the spirit of the law right scott no scott would say no i probably never heard that but uh um i have a you know one of my closest friends uh my closest friend growing up you know he uh you know he's been going to church his whole life but you know it's not a a church that teaches the scripture verse by verse, by verse, by verse. I mean, he's, he's happy, he's content. And so, you know, he's always asking me to, you know, to explain these other things and he's one of our most faithful listeners. Did that which is good then become death to me? Okay. Well, that means this, how, how, why would God take something that's good? Verse 12. So then the law is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous, and good. So then, you know, so the the good law, you know, just, just, just was death to me. It it killed me. Verse 13. So Paul anticipates again the question, did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. But in order that sin might be recognized as sin. Okay. So the law is given. Without the law, we wouldn't even know what sin is, right? Sin is there, but we don't understand it, right? He just said earlier, remember in verse 8, um, but sin seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of co- covetous desire for apart from law, sin is dead right because you don 't understand it. Remember verse nine, once I was alive apart from law, right again, I thought I was alive, Paul was saying, I thought I understood things, I thought I understood the meaning of things okay but you know once i tr- once Paul truly understood the law, he understand that 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 the law. That standard could never make him right with God, could never bring a life. As a matter of fact, sin used the law to bring death. Did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. But in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it produced death in me through what was good, okay? So it's not that the, the law killed me, sin, right? but in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it produced death in me. So now that I understand the standard, now that the Bible tells me what right and wrong is, but in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it produced death in me through what was good. So that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. And we're going to stop there. We, uh, We don't really understand. We were talking in Bible study this morning, and we're going to do this lesson next time. Lord willing, verses fourteen to twenty-five, and we're going to get into in this next lesson just that Paul is just going to get into his experience now, his present-day experience, into just what he's what he's experiencing and his struggle with sin and his desire to live a holy and righteous life, and yet, you know. He can't live that perfect life. He desires to not sin anymore and, and he doesn't have to. But yet still he, he has this struggle where, you know, he could still see aspects of sinful behavior in his life. And it's, it's profound. Um, but so that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. We were saying in Bible study that we we don't really see sin as utterly sinful. We don't. Right. And, and I'm sorry, Father. I ask you to forgive me just, uh, golly, we, we, we just, you know, whether it's a selfishness, whether we're being self-serving, whether we're being myopic, right. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, whatever the sin is in our lives, right. We, we, we just see it as a part of being, well, you know, everybody's human and it's, uh, I'm sorry, father. I'm sorry. Um, Sin is is utterly sinful. And the more we understand it, the more we'll want to live an upright, holy, and less sinful life. Not to get saved. It has nothing to do with saving us or bringing us to heaven. But because we are saved, and as I said at the beginning, because we love Jesus and we have a growing understanding of really, really what was done for us in his life, death, and resurrection. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness, and your grace on our lives. We thank you for our Bible. We thank you for this chapter of Romans 7. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this to our hearts now. We just ask you to, we ask you to, 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 to give us eyes that see and ears that hear, that we might understand this word and that we might live a more upright, holy, and Christ-centered life. Jesus, we worship you and we love you and we praise you, our only master and king. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen.